Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Build Your Copywriting Business. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so today we are digging into a very important topic. I mean, they're, they're all important. We're not messing around here. Uh, but especially if you are writing emails for your clients or, quite frankly, for yourself. Mm, pitch emails. Pitch yeah. emails. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about the most important part of an email. Uh, and I suppose we could hold off, be very what tricky, it? tease it indefinitely, but why don't we tell them what it is and then explain exactly why it is so important. So Kate, what is the number one most important part of an email? It is the subject line. and Fascinating. Yeah. Not the call to action, not the, not the anything inside the email, but I guess the, the wrapper on the email, if you will. Um, and why is that? Because... If they don't click the subject line and open it, the rest of your email doesn't really matter, sadly. Mm-hmm. You could have written the most amazing email, the most compelling, interesting email in the entire world. But if you have a subject line that doesn't get people to open your email, they will never see the rest of that, the rest of it. And it was all for naught. Mm-hmm goes to the email graveyard and sits in someone's inbox indefinitely <laughs> until they delete it. <laughs> yeah, Seth. Exactly. Um, exactly. And the other thing too, a subject line too, is um, when things are marked as spam, that it can be, you know, not only does it get to someone's inbox in the first place um, and can they open it, but does it go to spam first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. If it goes to yeah. spam, they're never going to see it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, Spam, you're going to see dollar signs will get stuff. Multiple dollar signs will get emails thrown into spam. Um, lots of exclamation mm-hmm. points, um, lots of capitalization. Uh, and as you know, of... you can click things, report as spam. So 
users have a lot of power in that. So even if it does get to someone's inbox, if you're getting your client's emails marked as spam consistently, that's no, no good either. I really thought you were going to say no. I almost did. (laughs) It's exactly your head. Yeah. I was going to, and I was like, why did I say no bueno? What is this? That's so funny. He's getting a very strong no bueno yep, vibe I'm glad there. you did. I'm glad you picked it up. And <laughs> So speaking of no bueno and si bueno, I guess, um, what makes a good subject line? Great question. So many things. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> I actually have a few examples of subject lines I recently opened, which I feel like would be a good starting point for myself. Mm-hmm. Um a, I think, you know, first and foremost, looking at the data for your subject lines, if your clients are tracking these things, which they should be, um, because sometimes what you think might make a great subject line ends up not making a great subject line for whatever reason. So keep that in mind with with everything. Um, but in the absence of data, um, there are a couple I recently opened and I thought about, well, why did I open these? Why, what, what got me to open these? And so the first one was you're invited. It was an unknown sender. So I was very curious what I was invited to. Um, I didn't click through the email just as a note because I had no idea how it got to my email in the first place. And I didn't understand what I'd be joining or the benefit to me within the email, but the, the you're invited itself got, it piqued my curiosity. So it had that, mm-hmm. that curiosity factor. Um, and the invited aspect of like, ooh, it feels exclusive. Like not everyone's usually invited to things. <laughs> I love it. I think way back when, when you and I worked on uh, Sneak Away, yeah. which is a website, Q-U-E. It's not even up anymore, sadly. It was great. It was actually a really great website. But that was one of the highest performing subject lines was you are invited. Oh, we tested a lot, but you're invited was one of the highest converting subject lines Mm. or at least the highest open rate I should say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah some other ones um I get it there was an inn in New Mexico we said it years ago spend fall on the farm so I opened that because I knew who it was and I was like ooh, especially this is you know 2020 I was like what are they doing for spending fall on the farm is this something I'll feel comfortable traveling to um I liked that that had it's almost like a call to action in the subject line of spend Mm -hmm. fall on the farm um, it felt very idyllic to me for whatever reason, fall on the farm. I have a good imagination. So I feel like <laughs> I help these copywriters a lot with like filling in the gaps of what <laughs> they're trying to say. Um, but it's like, Ooh, sheep and they have lavender fields. And I wonder if they're in blue and fall. They're not. Um, but anyway, um, get by with a little help from your parentheses freelance uh, friends a, a company I used to do work with had uh, this as a subject line and I was like oh okay this speaks to me that's you know I'm a freelancer so this is relevant um mm-hmm. get by with a little help from your freelance friends I like the play on the Beatles lyric I'm a Beatles fan mm-hmm. um I think the little help was what ooh, like what what are they going to give me there's obviously some benefit in there in this email so what are, are there going to be mm-hmm. tips or what um, I wanted to see what, what the help was. There's, there's definitely something in there for me. Um, mm-hmm. Milk Bar, which I love their, whoever their copywriter is. Um, I love you. <laughs> they had an ode to the sprinkle subject line. Um, and guess what? It was an ode to the sprinkle inside the email. Fantastic. I love an ode, um, <laughs> love their voice in general. So I opened that one. Um, mm-hmm. 
health service reminder for Mocha, my dog. So definitely urgency. There was clearly um, something I needed to open with that is personalized. I think that's another, mm-hmm. you know, can make a really great subject line. I think across the board when tested, I think personalized emails just perform better than non. Um, mm-hmm. Which speaking of the last one that I opened was Kate, you're getting noticed. And that's LinkedIn. I think they use that similar subject line like every week when you're, you know, if your profile is popping up and things. So it can feel a little stale once you see it a few times. Um, but mm-hmm. they're getting in that personalization um, and you're getting noticed. So it's like, ooh, what am I getting noticed for? Yes, I think yes. all those, they kind of run the gamut. But um, so what makes a good subject line? It could be a number of things. Yeah. So subject lines tend to fall into a couple of different categories, right? The first one you talked about that piquing people's interest mm-hmm. and like genuinely piquing their interest. Not like I was walking the other day and I thought about this ellipses. Dun, like, dun, yeah. I don't know you. I don't care what you thought about yesterday. (laughs) But if you're like, hey, I was about to pull up my wallet and buy the new MacBook when this stopped me. I mean, this is copywriting off the top of my head, so it's not a hugely great example. very long subject line, Nikki. (laughs) A very long subject line, yes. Apologies. Apologies. Um, But something that is actually interesting, something that is actually will pique their interest. You know, here is why you should never hire an accountant. Like. Yeah. Okay, that's, uh, I want to know, why should I never hire an accountant? Mm-hmm. Now, if you pique someone's interest, you have to pay that off in the email. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be gimmicky and, and that kind of thing. Um, that's a great point because rem- sometimes you are you open it and then it's like, oh, that was a great subject line, but it doesn't deliver. And if it doesn't deliver, then, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then another group of subject lines is the benefits. What am I going to get out of opening this email? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what... What's the point of this email? Tell me in the subject line so I can I can be like, oh yeah, that's useful to me. Let me open this email. You'll see a lot of emails that are follow us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. Well, why? All right. I know why you want me to, sure. but why should I do it? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What am I going to get? Exactly. That's that email so, with the little help. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a little help about freelance freelancing in general. Exactly. So the benefit is really clear. The more that you can... so. Peak someone's interest, absolutely, and or there are ways to combine the two um, or make it really clear the benefit to people of opening that email. Anytime you're unsure, going back to the benefits is a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to mention, too, I kind of briefly talked about the concept of a gimmick. Be careful about gimmicks because the first time people use them, they work really, really well. And then after that, they just become super annoying and super overused. Um, I know one of the examples we talk about in the course and in the group is the oops, mm-hmm. open, you know, oops, sorry. You know, they originally, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people sent in oops email because they actually made a mistake. They sent out the wrong email before they sent out, you know, mm-hmm. but now it's, People send out an oops email because they noticed that the open rate on an oops email was really high. Mm-hmm. Now, the open rate on oops emails have decreased exponentially because people are like, okay, this is a fake oops email. What do you, I, I don't even care to open it. Mm-hmm. Um, so be really careful about gimmicks. And there was another one the other day that said, uh, I screenshotted and I almost posted in the group and then got pulled over to something and pulled into something else. But um it said the subject line was don't open this email. Like, okay. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. yeah Plenty like, other email in the inbox to. Exactly. To I know you're trying to be cute and I know you're trying to be like, it, it's a gimmick. Like mm-hmm. don't open this email. I'm, 
I don't care enough about this to be like, oh, I'm going to open this email. Yeah, don't open this email. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So be really careful about about gimmicky email, about gimmicky subject lines or vague subject lines. Mm-hmm. You know, you're competing with so much in people's inboxes, so much that you really have to hook them with that subject line, either by being super interesting and piquing their curiosity, or like you were saying, Kate, connecting with something that you know people who follow that brand genuinely care about. Like with Milk Bar, Kate follows that brand mm-hmm. and she cares about sprinkles. I love a sprinkle. I'm sure she's, sprinkle. she's a sprinkle lover. Who and they it? know that about her. <laughs> exactly. They got me pegged. Um, they got you pad. You're a sprinkle lover. Um, but also, I'm sure that a lot of people that follow Milk Bar are also similarly sprinkle lovers. Yeah. And so when they send out something that is owed to a sprinkle, it's cute. It's in their voice. But it's also something they know their audience cares about. Mm-hmm. And then the inside is an ode to a sprinkle. Because if it wasn't, I'd have been pissed. <laughs> God forbid you not get that ode to a yeah. sprinkle. You're a sprinkle lover. Yes. But to the, you, you, to your gimmick point, I think it can be very easy to put a subject line that you know is going to get opened and then not deliver on the inside. So, you know, you don't want to use a welcome email subject line just because, you know, welcome email, you know, they often are the most open email when it's not a welcome email and they've been part of your brand for, for weeks and months and years. Um, Mm -hmm. You want the content to line up. So it can become a tricky thing if you're like, ooh, this email maybe isn't the most exciting email. So how do we match it so that people, you know, will want to open, but, and then you will be pleased that they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Because remember, the subject line is the most important part of the email, but it also has to work with the rest of the email. You can't just have a really great subject line and kind of a so-so email and then expect that it's going to perform. Mm -hmm. If you have a really great subject line, you also have to have, I mean, you would write a really great subject line. You would also write a really great email, but the two need to, to match. Mm -hmm. They need to play well together. A really great subject line needs to lead into that information in the body of the email. Otherwise, there's, there's, if you have a really great subject line and you have a huge open rate, fantastic. But if it doesn't match with what's in the body of the email, then nobody's going to click the email. And then there was no point in sending it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So the, the subject line is the most important part, but it doesn't live on its own. It has to play well with the body of the email to get people to take the action that you want them to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have a few examples of subject lines that I feel like could be improved, maybe ones that were in my oh. inbox that I was like, I didn't open them. Um, uh, one off the bat, um, some that don't even need to be opened, it feels like. So for example, thank you for scheduling your payment, which was for my credit card. Awesome. I scheduled it, confirmed, deleted. I don't I don't need to open that email. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, I mean, they're just sending you a confirmation. And quite frankly, they they probably don't care yes, if you open exactly. that email. So they put in the key piece of information in the subject, in the subject line. line. So really, it's doing its job yep. there. Absolutely. And I appreciate that because I'm like, I don't need a, you know, oh, do I have to, you know, a, a scare tactic from from my credit card company making me feel like, oh, did I pay it? Did it go through? Did something wrong? You know, like need confirmation or whatever it is, only to open it and be like, yes, your payment went through. I'd feel like 
why did you just put me on that emotional roller coaster for no reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like important information about your credit yes, card account. Which and you do. open like, it up and it's just yeah, exactly. That one comes a lot, and I'm exactly. like, ah, oh, did I not schedule it this month or you know whatever it is? Yeah. And they're like, you've got new rewards coming. Yeah, yeah, it's super annoying. Yeah. Um, but some other ones that I think could be improved, and we we can chat about why. Um, fall is all about grilling and grubbing. That was the grocery store. And I was like, yes, it is. Grilling and grilling grubbing. And rubbing. Now I'm familiar with the term grub as a substitute for food. Is grubbing or grubbing, is that now a term or a term that people use anywhere to refer to eating? If anyone in the South knows that's where I am now, that's where my grocery store is, please let me know. I'm not, I don't know. Really? I don't, yeah, I don't, no, I genuinely, I genuinely don't, don't know. know. It, I, it that would be. make sense. It would make sense if they were referring to Grubhub, which, oh, yeah. do you guys have Grubhub yeah, down there? Yeah. yeah. Um, I live like, in the then U.S. I, guess, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> my little bubble now. Um <laughs> We, so no. grubbing could make grubbing could make a little bit more sense again if it's maybe if it's a term that's that's used more commonly in the south um but yeah question mark <laughs> that's yeah it's if you're going to use words in your subject line make sure that people know what they are yeah and i think i'm usually every week they have some sort of like disc you know meat that's on discount that would be more compelling if i can grill for less yeah. type of thing give me that information. Um, mm-hmm. again, I didn't put the snippets with these, but even then I, you can't rely on your snippet doing the work. Not everyone's going to see that text anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, finding purpose with Jerry. So this was a dog company and the snippet helped me figure out who Jerry was, which Jerry is a three-legged dog who taught us humans about life's journey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very cute. But I saw that subject but- line and I was like, who's Jerry? Yeah. That would be a, that would be a peak, the interest that doesn't peak it enough. Like what what was it? Finding Finding purpose with Jerry. Finding purpose with Jerry. I'd be like, I don't care. I don't know Jerry. So no, thank you. Delete. I was picturing a human and I was like, Jerry, who am I picturing? I don't know, but I don't, who's he to tell me my life's purpose? Exactly. They tried to combine benefit and, uh, and peaking the interest benefit, finding purpose Okay, a little light, but okay. And peaking interest by just giving a name. Now, honestly, if they had said something about like find and also find purpose, find what your life's purpose, find. So I want more details in that benefit, but also I want to know the journey. Yeah. It's not, you can't pe- if you had said find, you know, whatever your life's, find your life's purpose with a three-legged dog named Jerry. Again, very long. Maybe it's, maybe it's find your life's purpose with a three-legged dog. Yeah, there you go. So much more interesting. I'm not saying that that is what the copy that they should have used. I'm not a great extemporaneous copywriter. I need to sit down in front of a keyboard, but it gives you more details and the benefit of what I'm actually going to get out of it. And you can still pique someone's interest about what the content is. I still don't know what's going on with this three-legged mm-hmm. dog. But I think an important thing for people to do is to write write a bunch of subject lines. Um, never write just one. Mm-hmm. Write a bunch of different options. And then step away and come back. Mm-hmm. And imagine they came into you. Imagine put yourself in your target audience's shoes. And imagine that that subject line showed up in your inbox. And just look at that subject line in your target audience's shoes, would you open it? If not, it's 
gotta go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, their, their snippet helps, but again, not your snippet should be adding on to the subject line. If someone, you know, sees more and, and, you know, expand on it. So if you're not getting everything you absolutely need in that subject, then you need to, to rework it um, and not rely on the snippet to, you know, for it to be a 50, 50 thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kate, do you want to do a little reminder of what a yes, is? Yes, good call, because I don't think we've, I don't know if we talked about it. Sometimes called a pre-header, I think, Yes, too. pre-header text. Um, and so it's that little line, and not every email client, I'm pretty sure, shows it, depending on how your settings are, too, and how much of it gets shown. But it's the little bit of text after the subject line. So usually the subject line's kind of uh, a little bit more bolded, and then after you'll have kind of the normal font text that, that follows after. Um, so before you click through still. This is still copy you're seeing, not within the email. And now if you don't set a specific snippet or preheader text, then often the email, whatever email client your um whatever email, yeah, client your client is using, email, email program your client is using words, <laughs> words. Whoa, okay, whoa. Let's dial that back for a second there. <laughs> so like say Google, Gmail yes. or any yes, of those. Google and will show. Yeah. They'll pull in the text from your email. So you always want to write a snippet or pre-editor. Otherwise it's going to pull in whatever kind of the first lines of your email are, which may or may not make a lot of sense with the subject mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so your snippet can be a way to like a subhead. It can be a way to add additional details to a headline. But again, to Kate's point, not every um, email provider is going to show mm-hmm. the snippet. And frankly, some people won't bother. If they don't they understand the subject yeah. line, they might not even bother to read the rest of it. And if you notice, start noticing it when you're looking at your inbox. I know for me, the subject line stands out so much more with the font and how my email is set up that the the snippet is so subdued that often I don't, I'm opening it based on the subject, not on anything in the snippet. So start to see what you mm-hmm. do too and what you notice and what you don't. Still an important piece mm-hmm. of, of copy, but don't rely on it 100 mm-hmm. percent um so a couple more v-o-t-e this was a kid's clothing score store um and a i don't have kids uh b i already voted i think this was after <laughs> so it was an interesting subject line v-o-t-e it's, it was it. just v-o-t-e yeah. and with it hyphens between v dash o dash t dash e all caps yeah. Okay. Interesting one. Uh, I think yeah, they were selling a shirt, you- I want to say, with like vote on it, maybe, or something like that. But yeah, no, there's no way you could know anything about that email without opening it up. And it's the, there's nothing in the subject line that makes you care enough right. to open it up. You're like, yes, I'm voting, or no, I'm not voting. And then what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Interesting one. Or a thanks, I already have. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, another local local clothing store. I should probably pitch them. Um, meaningful fashion. That was the subject line. I think it was about sustainable fashion, but ironic that meaningful fashion doesn't actually mean, mean anything. anything. Oh, Ooh. the irony. Yeah. Um, and the last one, tired of your same four walls. This was a bed and breakfast in Savannah. Again, during the pandemic, I think they were opening up rooms for, you know, here's what we're doing. Um, but tired of your same four walls. That was, you know, again, a yes or no question where I'm like, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Thank you. Delete. What now? Yeah. What do you, yeah, I, what's the solution to being tired of my same four walls? Um, yeah, exactly. I, I give them credit for trying to, trying to identify with, the target yes. audience and they understand that pain point, but yeah. Okay. 
so what, you know, tired of the same four walls, check in here, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. check it, tired of the same four walls, take a look at ours. It, it, again, yeah. not that exact copy, but give that me idea. a reason yeah. to open the email. And I know yeah, we've mentioned absolutely. this in the past, but those yes, no questions are always tricky of if they're going to pay off or not. Um, because someone can have a one word answer and then what? Yeah. yeah. And frankly, if you answer it one word in general, often, if you can answer it in one word or the other, there's no point in opening up anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, in, you know, as Kate is reading through these actual real life yeah, emails yeah. that were in her inbox, um, it's a good reminder that you guys should be doing the same thing. You know, we get so used to just going through our inbox and we get so many emails and being like, delete, 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 just to get stuff out of there. But as you are learning more and more about copy, um, that's a great place to be like, all right, slow down a little Mm -hmm. bit. Let me actually read these emails, read these subject lines and identify whether, what, what my impulse was, was I going to delete it? And why? If I was going to delete it, why Mm -hmm. exactly? Why? And, or if I was going to open it, why why was I going to open it? What was it about this email that made me want to delete this subject line that made me want to open it? Um, And if it's something that you would have deleted, how could you, how could it have been written differently to make you want to open it? Mm -hmm. Um, And then too, you know, if it's something that you would have wanted to open, great, open the email and then read through the email. Does the subject line connect with the body of the email? Anytime that you are, there's so much copy all around us all the time. Um, And it'll be one of the best things you could do for your career to start actually noticing that copy and, and reading it and then analyzing it based on what you know about what makes for effective copy and what makes for copy that's probably a little bit less effective. And then really taking the time to rework it like, ah, if they just said this instead, or even if they had added this or taken this away, it's such a great way to analyzing and, and not amending, but kind of changing other people's copy uh, is a great way to learn, but it can also later on help you when you're working on your own copy and editing your copy. Mm-hmm. Because like we'll say, copywriting, any type of, any kind of writing really is only half writing. The other half at, at the least, at least uh, is editing yeah. and tweaking and changing and polishing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the more that you can learn to do that with other people's copy, the easier it, you, the, not that you'll ever find it necessarily easy, but the easier it will be for you to be able to do that for your own copy. Yeah. And if it's helpful, especially starting for starting out and, you know, if you are the type of person who hates a blank page, start keeping a, a, a you know, a Google sheet or an Excel doc of subject lines or even a Word doc, I guess it doesn't matter, um, of subject lines that you think are really effective. If there's, you know, um, a question subject line that you feel like was a really good use of that tactic of using a question um, and why, and it piques curiosity or just keep a running list so that when you are writing an email and you're like, I have to write the subject line, you can go to that for inspiration of like, what have I, what have I liked in the past? Is there something I can, you know, you don't want to take verbatim the subject lines, but there might be something that you can then apply to your own work. And at least you, you know, you're not facing that blank page. You have kind of your repository of things that you feel like were really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It can help to kind of peak your, peak your creativity. Yeah. And we were Puts saying, your you know, exactly. Get it, get it moving. Um, and we were saying too, you know, you, you never want to do just one subject mm-hmm. line. You're going to want to do a couple of different, even, even 
you're going to want to write through, write several different versions for yourself. But I would also always recommend sending at least two versions to mm-hmm. your client and saying, hey, you know, I'm sending over two versions for you to test them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always beneficial for a client to test subject lines um, and not test them in the sense of like, are you a good copywriter or not? Um, but test in the sense of which one gets people to open the email more. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we put our best foot forward, but, uh, you can't ever really know for sure which one is going to perform better and, and by how much. So testing subject line gives them the opportunity to say, okay, they're both great subject lines, but this one got people to open the email so much more. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then we're, we'll move forward with this subject line. Um, and I also think it's, uh, it's just kind of a nice little, surprise and delight or a nice little, Hey client, here's a little something extra I did for you to include when you send through any, send through a subject, uh, send through an email copy that you wrote, uh, or send, you know, the word doc to them, um, say, Hey, you know, I included two subject lines. This is the one I'd recommend, but if you're going to test, I would test this one against it. Um, I think that's just such a nice mark of a professional and like, Hey, don't forget I'm your partner in marketing here's something you can test right away and test pretty easily. It's, it's a really nice touch as a copywriter. Yeah. Especially if you have two very different um, approaches to the subject line, like for example, maybe you have one that's very straightforward of like, um, it, here's the guide that you wanted or that you, you signed up for. Um, and then maybe another one that's more, you know, it's get started improving your life or whatever the guide is about. Mm -hmm. So maybe more benefit driven, but not necessarily a hundred percent clear that it's, here's the guide you wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. or maybe some combination of those two, but two very different approaches, one very straightforward, maybe one that's more harder hitting on the benefit of the guide and Mm -hmm. seeing, okay, does one, one or the other perform better? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that seeing it, it's really, it's all through testing and most, um, most email, email management systems make it real easy for your clients to test them out. And especially if it's something that's going to be like part of a funnel or emails that they're going to use again and again, they do want to test it out to make sure that they're sending out the subject line that's going to get the most open rates. Because again, to bring it full circle, uh, if a subject line doesn't get people to open the email, there's no point in sending the email because nobody's going to see it. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of generic information I feel like about keeping subject lines to five words or under 60 characters so it doesn't get cut off, but those are also things you can test. Length is a great thing to test. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Is, is two or three words going to perform better or is the 60 plus that maybe gets cut off the one that performs better? Mm-hmm. And it might vary exactly. client to client. So. Yeah. Then yeah, you, that's such a great point because there's uh, always something floating around. But like 42 characters yeah. is the exact right amount. Like no, there is no exact right amount. If it's if it's a good subject line and it's it does its job, you, you can't like a cruddy 42 character subject line is not going to do better than a really well written short one or a really well written long one. So it's not about the characters or the, the length. It's about the content of about the, the copy of the, the subject line. Um, although that is a great point, Kate, because, um, or what it made me think of was a great point. So I have another great point head. to add. <laughs> Do I have one? Well, tell me if this is what you're going to say next, um, is that you want to keep 
as much as possible when you're writing your subject lines. You do want to keep the most important words toward the yes. beginning of the subject line because on phones, just, yes, or mobile, on yes, some, you are in my head. Hmm, mm. Oh, really? I'm this today. <laughs> um, it's it, the second half of the or later parts of the subject line can get cut off. So the people never even see them. They just see the beginning part of the subject line. And also too, if someone is scanning down, they may only see the first couple of words. So the most important pertinent words, as much as possible, uh, you want to keep toward the beginning of the email. You know, so if, for example, you're sending out an email about, um, 40% off something. 40% 40% off something, 40% socks. off, you know, Sorry. socks, uh, holiday socks. Yeah, no, it's yeah. perfect. It's exactly what I need. It's almost like, like, uh, improv. Um, okay. word. Yeah. A, a skit with 40% off socks. Um, but so a, a, an email that says bright, cheery, happy holiday socks at 40% mm-hmm. off you, that key, that key benefit, the 40% off is at the very end and people might miss that. Whereas if it's, 40% off holiday socks, get the brightest, cheeriest, merriest pairs, blah, 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 blah. Um, then there's a, they're going to see it because it's right at the beginning of that, that yeah. subject line. I'm picturing elves mm-hmm. with bells now on a pair of socks. So, so do my imagination. I, I just help copywriters out. I'm like this is yeah. jingle. I socks. wear those socks. Yeah. I definitely yeah. wear those socks. Yeah. Yeah. Tis the season for elf socks. Depending yeah. on this podcast airs, it might not be just that. That's true. <laughs> So we're recording this when tis the season tis the for elf season, socks. Yeah. Yes. But okay. also Christmas so, in July. So it's always Christmas the season. July. It's 2020. There's no rules. Tis always tis the season always. for elf We're 2021. Socks. I don't know what year it is. That's a good point. Okay. So we hope that this was helpful. I hope that you, we hope that you learned uh, a lot of important information. Keep among those being that subject lines are most important and then that Kate really loves sprinkles. Yep. So for more hard-hitting information <laughs> like that, uh, we will catch you back here next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.